Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. You guys just want to come on in. I need to finish up some vacuuming. This is our no volunteer Sunday, and so we didn't really finish cleaning the church yet, so I've got to finish that up. So come on in, find a seat, find a chair. Our volunteers did get the chairs out after they cleaned. So I kind of want you to experience what church is like when nobody serves. Okay? So. Go ahead, i got to finish up some vacuum and I'll be with you in just a moment, okay? Come on in. You got mud on those feet? How you guys doing today? I'm glad you're here. That snow had me a little concerned. I didn't know if you were going to make it or not. I'm also trying to log into our Proclaim so I can run the slideshows because I don't have any computer guys. I don't have any sound guys today. I guess some of you found your coffee. It's all self-serve today. I came in and made a few pots for you, but that's about the best I could do, so we have nobody running the coffee shop today. I um, hope you're able to get a little coffee. Notice there's no greeters either. I, I apologize for that, but this is, this is no volunteer Sunday, and I kind of want you to get an idea of what a church looks like when nobody serves. Sometimes I think we take for granted um, those that do sacrifice and give of their time and effort and energy and service so that we can enjoy a Sunday morning worship service. Now let me put out a disclaimer for our first time guests. This is not a typical Sunday, okay? We do have people that serve. But I called off the troops this week and I said, all my volunteers, all my ministry teams, I want you to take a Sunday off. I want us to do it all together. Just, we're off. Come on in, find you, find you a seat. You'll have to get your own chair when you come in the door. We don't have greeters. We don't have ushers. Uh, our cleaning team, I, I stopped them in mid-duty. I said, that's it, stop. So, so you've got to get your own chair. Typically, we have someone vacuuming, and they do all the vacuuming. They move all the chairs out to the wall like they are. They vacuum the whole place every week. Then they come back, and they line all the chairs up so that when you come in on Sunday, you have a place to sit. But I asked them not to do it this week. And so... I'm having to finish up some vacuuming, so I'll finish this up while you find your seat and uh, get your chair. Notice also, oh, by the way, oh, I about forgot. Man, there's so much to do. Wow. We normally have a team that comes in. It's our, it's our tech team and our computer team, and, and they get the TVs and everything powered on for us. So let, let me get these on. I'm sorry. I, I probably should have had them done, but I just can't do everything myself. You know, I just forget. I mean, just no way you could do it all. And so let me get these TVs turned on for you real quick, and you'll be able to see some screens. And, of course, I'm going to have a hard time even, even managing this because I'm going to have to speak, and then I'm going to have to run back there and change a slide, and then I'm going to have to come back up here and finish speaking. And so it's going to be kind of uh, awkward. Uh, let me say to our first-time guests, once again, a disclaimer. This is not a typical Sunday morning worship service at Victory Church, but this is our No Volunteer Sunday and, uh, and I think it's important that we get an idea. Are they all on? I think it's important that we get an idea of what ministry looks like when nobody serves and the importance on why everybody needs to find a place to serve. This is a, a practical experience that we're all going to be able to feel the effects of on our pathway to victory. 
And uh, for the past several weeks, I've been preaching a sermon series titled The Pathway to Victory. Yes, these are the practical steps for Victory Church, but it's also practical steps that, that we take in our own spiritual journey so that we can live a victorious Christian life. I love the passage in, in the Old Testament in Joshua where, where God comes to Joshua and he says, Joshua, my servant Moses is dead. Remember the story? And they're all grieving over Moses' death and, and now there's a new leader and, and they're getting ready to cross the Jordan and they're going over into the land of Canaan, which here's what I want you to see with that story. The land of Canaan, I know a lot of times our old hymn books typify the land of Canaan as a type of heaven. I think that's bad theology to do that. The land of Canaan is, is symbolic of the victorious Christian life that God has for all of us whenever we follow his plan for our life. If we're going to say that Canaan is a type of heaven, then there's somebody that I know is in heaven because he came back and he appeared on the mountain of transfiguration with our Lord and we're going to see him there. But he didn't get to the land of Canaan. Who was that? Moses, right? Uh, he died on this side. He never got to, he got to see it from afar, but he didn't get to go over and experience the land of Canaan. The land of Canaan is a type of victorious Christian living. And I think in our own personal journey, there's a path that we walk so that we can experience victorious Christian living here in this day and age. And so this is part of the sermon series. Hey, Jim, glad you're here today. Come on in. And sorry, this is our No Volunteer Sunday. I don't have greeters. I don't have ushers. I don't have anybody helping you today. And uh, if you want a cup of coffee, you just have to get up and go out there and get it. It's, it's out there for you, but you get, it's self-serve and um, No Volunteer Sunday. But this is the pathway that we walk. And, and we've talked about how when we come in Victory Church and we have our worship experience, the first step, step one on this pathway is to worship. I mean, really connecting with God and, and worshiping Him and, and, and my passion and my desire is that Victory Church be a place where we engage in intense worship. I mean, where believers really connect with God and aren't ashamed to worship Him. Clap your hands, raise your hand, just fall on your face before Him, just worship Him. I want non-believers that come in to experience that and say, wow, I don't know exactly what they're doing, but I know it's something powerful and it's something different and, and there's something in me that wants to be a part of that. That's kind of that first step, okay? Now, unfortunately... Because we don't have any volunteers today, we don't have our band playing. And man, we have an amazing band. Let's give it up for our band. Man, they do a great job. They do a great job every week from the keyboards and the drums and the, um, it's not bongos, djembe, uh, to the keyboards, to the bass guitar and acoustic guitar and the drums and our praise team and, and Tyler leading that and our praise team that, that work. Man, they do a great job leading us in worship every single week, but we're not going to get to experience that today because it's no volunteer Sunday. You got to understand that if people don't step up and serve, this is kind of what we get every week and we've gotten accustomed to having so much better than what you're going to get so I said that I gave you a disclaimer all week long coming into today I said this is going to be either the worst worship service you've ever come to in your life which I believe it will be the worst okay matter of fact I'm a little uneasy with this myself and I'm thinking oh my goodness is this even going to but I believe also it will be the most memorable because sometimes we don't we, we take so much for granted right I mean, in the church, and, you know, it, it kind of almost worked perfect today with the snow. And, you know, it, somebody had to make a phone call to Scott's Landscaping that we have a contract with to do our snow removal for our parking lot. And, and, and all of that's triggered of someone making a phone call and saying, hey, I need you to come out and scrape the lot today. Uh, I almost, man, there was something in me that almost wanted to say, you know what, let's just leave snow out there. But I thought maybe that's too far with this because I thought maybe someone may fall and break a leg or a hip or a back or something. I didn't want that to happen. So let's give it up for Eldon. He did work this morning. Matter of fact, our, he's our in-house weatherman. He was up looking at those computer models about midnight last night and made a call in and, and told the guys to be here, sent me an email at 1.11 this morning saying, Pastor, got the parking lot taken care of. They'll be there. They'll have it all cleared. I mean, you, if he hadn't done that, You'd be walking in snow this morning out there. So uh, we went ahead and let him do his job mainly for safety. But I almost thought, man, it'd be great if it, if it doesn't happen, you know? I mean, 
so many things we, we take for granted. So today we're, we're not even going to really have our, oh, by the way, I about forgot completely. Everybody gets a bulletin, right? I mean, every, every Sunday we have somebody at the door, Catherine. And matter of fact, do you realize how hard it was for me to call Catherine down and say, no, you can't. Well, what am I going to do? How are they going to get their bulletin? What's going No, it's just one Sunday. No. What are you doing? And so I, come here, let me tell you what I meant. I really had to do, it was all I could do to make her not get in here and pass out these So I know it's a little awkward, but I'm going to pass these out to you, okay? Now, you will notice, too, that we have a ministry team that comes in here on Sunday mornings, and they fold them. I mean, we work on them through the week, and Donetta prints them out. Uh, through the week but then we have a team that comes in here and just assists with office needs and we say oh okay will you come in on sunday morning and will you just fold the bulletins for us and maybe just kind of get one and pass okay so they come in and and they uh and they fold these bulletins for us and but i'm sorry today i, I can't do everything I, I just can't there's no way that that one person can do everything okay so so if, if you want it folded you're going to have to fold it yourself I, i'm sorry it's just kind of uh, did no one want to sit with Penny today at all? Man, here she is. Uh, wow. I'm sorry, Penny. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, also, so, so just take a bulletin here and, and just pass them out. And I, and I think I got enough for everybody, but I'm thinking I'm going to have extras in some of these rows. So kind of help me just pass these out and um, see what we can do there and get those going in the back there. There's some more coming. Oh, there they go. That's the heart of victory right there, isn't it? I like that. So kind of just pass these out a little bit. And if, if you didn't get one and, and you have extras, kind of just hand them to somebody. And, um, you know, I, I just apologize. Now, everybody can't come up here, okay? So, all right. Come on in, find you a seat. Oh, by the way, so that's your bulletin. But also, also, if, we, we, if we'd had our team in place... Then uh, for all the parents of, of teenagers and kids, we've got our, our youth camp scheduled out for you. But I really, you know, if I had my team in place, they would get these to you. And, and all you parents would have these in your hand this morning, but, but I'm not going to be able to do that. So what I'm going to do is put these on the table in the back back right there. And this is our calendar for our youth camp for 2013 and for uh, your kids from elementary school all the way through high school. Uh, be sure to drop by and get your, um, get your calendar, okay? And I'll put those on the table if I don't forget and I'll leave them right there. Matter of fact, just let me go do it right now because I will forget. I'll be right back, okay? Okay, they're, they're on the table, so parents, you can drop by there and, and pick those up. Also, you'll notice that, you'll notice that, that we do not have our, our nursery today. I've asked our nursery team not to run the nursery today. I've asked our children's ministry team not to run children's church today. So, so all of our kiddos and babies are in here. And, and you know what? I kind of like that. Look at this. Look at this right here. He's like, what in the world? Can I have him real quick? Look, he's like, oh my goodness, what in the world is he doing today? <laughs> So we got our babies in here with us today, and look at this. Isn't he a good-looking boy? He's like, Mama, I don't know what's going on here. So we got all of our babies in church today, and we got all of our kids for children's church today because we just don't have any workers. Oh, one more thing I forgot. You know, normally we have a team that comes in here, and they get all of our candles lit. So let, let me do that real quick. I tell you, I really miss our music today, don't you? Well, don't make me feel too bad. I'm okay. That's... You, you want to? What, what, what song you want to sing? Anybody? Hey, hey, guys, come on in. I'm sorry. This is no volunteer Sunday. I don't have greeters. I don't have ushers. You, you got to get your own chair. Uh, the team that does the cleaning, uh, they kind of, I stopped them in mid-service mid, mid uh, and told them just, Kind of leave the chairs out. They move these chairs every Sunday and vacuum and then put them all back. And now, I think so. Yeah. Okay. You gotta love these candles right here, right? Yeah, you just flip a switch and there they are. And 
Okay, I'm, I'm thinking we're getting it set up here, okay? Um, all right. You know, I thought we would sing, but I didn't know if I wanted to try that. I don't have any words. I didn't build any slides for any music today. I have a, there's a team that does that, and, and, and they just didn't do that today because, you know, I, we didn't have a band. We didn't have a worship team. So, I don't know. Anybody want to lead us in something? Let us know. Let us know. <laughs> yeah. What's that? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Amen. Give the Lord a praise offering. That's good. All right. Well, that's kind of it for the uh, for the music today, and hope you enjoyed our worship experience. And I tell you what, I was going to try to run my slide presentation with my remote control right here, but for some reason it's not working today. Uh, oh, I just got in. Let me see if I can go further here. I want you to turn your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Ephesians. I think we have, I think we have seen the message for today already demonstrated before us here and if you'll show me some grace here one second let me try to get logged into the presentation okay I'm in let's just pray I stay in you see I really wouldn't have this problem if I had my team back there in the sound booth today matter of fact <laughs> I came in and and that soundboard back there and all the technology back there, it, it looks like a spaceship when you go back there, all the buttons you have to push. And, and uh, sometimes I get overwhelmed back there because I don't work it on a regular basis. I come in and everything's working. And I just put my microphone on and go and let them adjust and handle it and take care of it. Well, I came back there and I had to change out. Usually I have a guy that changes out my battery for me every week. Well, he wasn't here. And so I had to find a battery that I thought worked. And then I pulled out a battery and I wasn't sure if it worked. And so I pulled out the, uh, the checker and checked it. And then I did have a full charge on it. So we'll see if it works with the whole service here. So then I'm, I'm thinking, okay, I got my microphone on. And let me see if I can get my sound to come out. And I got no sound coming out at all from this microphone. And I'm like, what is wrong? And I'm pushing buttons and pulling levers and, and turning things on and off. And I never could get it. So I went back there and I said, Phil, I need you to come to the sound booth. My microphone not not working. He said, I'm not working today. <laughs> I said, Phil, I need you to come to the sound booth. Get my microphone working. <laughs> so anyhow, I appreciate all of our team that works. And, um, and I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to get this for you here. Is anything changing up there at all? Okay, well, actually, I want to get us started with that. So if I can get a pathway right here, let me get there. Are you there in Ephesians? I know this is awkward today, guys. It's awkward for me. Can I slide by you right here, Donette? I'm going to be having to run in and out. So, um. is, this, is this like the worst service you've ever come to? Okay. This is our series, and I'm, like I said, we have no band, we have no singing, we have nothing else going on, so, um, so you just get to hear me preach here a little bit. But I want to draw your attention to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 10. Are you there? Take out your Bible and whatever means you take that out, whether it's your, your iPhone, your iPad, your Android, your Kindle Fire, a hard copy of God's Word, whatever, just take out a copy of God's Word. And I want you to look in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 10. The Bible says, I'm going to begin reading in verse 8, if you'll allow me. The Bible says, for you are saved by grace through faith. This is, not, this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. For we, look at verse 10. For we are his creation, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time so that we should walk in them. 
Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then I want to try to share with you what I feel God's laid on my heart for today. Father, we thank you for our time together on this Sunday morning that's probably the most awkward Sunday that any of us have ever experienced. God, I pray now that we would settle now around your word. I believe there's a lesson here that that you've tried to convey through your word that we're experiencing even today. I believe there's a lesson here that you even intentionally spent time with your disciples trying to teach them. And Father, I pray now that you would open our hearts and our eyes and our mind, illuminate our minds, and give us understanding of your word today so that we can comprehend the principle, the lesson that you're trying to teach us even today. We pray, God, that you'd speak to our hearts and help us, Lord, for, for those that serve so much in the church, we're so grateful and so thankful. And for those that really haven't found their place yet, my prayer is that today they'll, they'll find their place. And for those of us that come in here and in and out on a weekly basis and we just kind of take things for granted, I pray, God, you'd convict us of that and realize that there's a tremendous amount of preparation that goes into this worship service every single week. And there are ministry teams, numerous teams that work together so that we can experience a good worship service. And oftentimes, God, we take those things for granted. And Father, I pray that you'd give us a, uh, a spirit of gratitude and thankfulness for those that do serve. And for those of us that have not found our place yet, my prayer is that, that we would find our place in ministry and that we would serve in the local church. It's okay to go out and serve in other parachurch type organizations that help promote the cause of Christ. But God, if we don't have laborers in the local church, the local churches are going to die. We can experience a little bit of that today. God, we, can't, we couldn't do church like this every week. It would be so difficult and no one would even want to come. But this is how it would be if we didn't have people that would step up and serve. And help us, God. Help us to find our place in ministry, in this next step on the pathway to victory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Guys, do you realize that God has not created you just to come and sit and soak and eventually sour in a local church? He hasn't created us with this consumer mentality that is certainly in the world today. He hasn't created us as his people to come into the church with this consumer mindset. And it's the idea of what can the church do for me? Or what can that ministry do for me? How can that ministry meet my needs? And a lot of times we have families that kind of move around in different churches and really they're there for one thing, how can that church minister to me? Instead of saying, how can I minister in this church and serve others. There is a paradigm shift that must take place in our minds if our churches are going to do what Christ has commanded us to do, and that's to carry the gospel to the ends of the earth. I hope and pray that you see today that there is no way that one person could do ministry in one church by themselves. It takes all of us working together. It takes every single one of us doing our part and I hope and pray something else you see today, that there are really no big eyes and little U's around here. There's not one ministry that's more important than another ministry. For instance, really the computer guys in the back, and for those that have little ones and kids, listen, that's, you're not going to bother me at all. I'm glad to hear those cries of those babies. I love having babies in our church, so moms, don't stress out today. Blame it all on the preacher. It's a no-volunteer Sunday. It's okay. Everybody say it's okay if your baby cries, okay? That is okay. Man, if you can help that mom, turn around and help that mom, okay? So let's do what we can here. Listen, we... We, we all need to come together to serve in the body of Christ. And sometimes we get the idea that one ministry is more important than another ministry. I want you to know that that certainly is not true. There is one ministry that takes place here that really the only time, I'm going to say maybe two ministries that take place here, the only time that you even recognize those ministries is when they mess up, right? 
I'm talking about on Sunday morning in a worship service. I mean, when the slides, you guys remember a few weeks ago and the slides were like going, and they just kind of race by as we were trying to sing and everybody kind of turns around and looks back at the computer, right? Really, that's the only time that we even notice that anybody's running the computer. But do you realize the sacrifice, the training, the time that these individuals have put in to learn how to run this program, to build the slides, and then there's a delay in our, in our system a little bit so we can get all the, the flat panels working simultaneously and get the, the ratio fitting and all that. So there's a little bit of a delay back there. And if you're new back there and you click it, you got to understand that nothing's going to happen real fast because of the delay. We're, we're, we're running a feed all over this building uh, for, this, for what's going on in here. And, and, and sometimes you think, well, man, I didn't click it. And you click it again. It's nothing's happening. You click it again. Then all of a sudden it catches up. And then you go through about four or five slides. Well, that's kind of what happened that Sunday. You, you, you don't even realize that people are back there even running that on a typical Sunday morning until attention's drawn to it. Same thing with sound. You don't even realize that there's somebody back there tweaking the sound, running all of that until there's an issue with a microphone or a sound or something of that nature and you turn around, who's in the sound booth today, right? Uh, there's another ministry that's taking place by there and, and that's the recording of all these messages. You realize we have a podcast that has every message that I've preached except for the times when we have a flaw or a hiccup or something going on all the way back to the year 2006 Every message that I've ever preached at Victory Church has been recorded, and these, from back to 2006, are on our podcast. And you, there's a whole archive of messages and series that you can go back and listen to. But I'm going to tell you, that just doesn't happen by itself. It takes somebody back there that's recording. Then it takes someone that's sitting down. You want to talk about a tough job? How would you like to put on a set of headphones and have to listen to me for hours as you're editing a podcast? You remember those sermons when I preach and I'm preaching, I'll say, by the way, we're going to cut this right here in the podcast because I don't want this to go out on the internet. This is just for us. And then we'll pick it back up here. Somebody has to sit down with that podcast, with that recording and listen to all of that, get all the levels where they need to be, do the cutting, do the editing, put the intro on it, put the uh, exiting message on it, get it reformatted, get it uploaded. I I guess I want you to see, do you realize there are a tremendous amount of ministries that take place here that, that you really never see? What about those that come in early and serve and work in the coffee shop to get it prepared? What about all the, all the treats that are prepared? And by the way, there's no treats today, okay? I almost went by Krispy Kreme and got some donut holes, but I thought, you know, there's, we, we just don't need donut holes anyway, right? So, so we'll just scrap those today and, and, and just do the coffee. But, but we have a team that comes in early, and they're preparing coffee, they're preparing cappuccinos, they're setting out snacks for you, they're getting hot tea ready for you, they're getting hot chocolate ready for you, they're getting ready to serve you as you come in. And oftentimes we don't even really pay much attention to that. We just show up, go over there and, and ask them to give us whatever and they give it to us, we walk away. There's a team that's vested in serving you on that Sunday morning. I'm sure we all missed the, uh, Catherine handed us our bulletins. By the way, did everybody get one? If we have any extras laying around, we can get those to you. Missed her handing those out. Missed our greeters at the door. We got one. Anybody have an extra bulletin? We need one right here. Pass that. Kind of work that up. Right here's one. He can get him one. So we have greeters at the door that are, that are there greeting you and opening the door for you. And, and uh, I asked them to stand down. And of course, it's kind of in their nature. And I don't know if they did or not. So maybe someone was helping you in and out of the door. I don't know. But I asked them not to this morning. So you just had to open the door yourself. Can you believe that? Come to Victory and have to open the door yourself? Hello? You know, you're somebody there. Hey, welcome to Victory Church. But all these areas of ministry and then the children's church workers and the nursery program and, and all that takes place in the band, the preparation. And, you know, usually at, at, uh, at 1015, the band and the praise team, you don't, you don't probably know this, but they're gathered back there behind that wall in that back room and they're back there praying They're praying for you. They're praying for the worship service. They're praying for their own talents they're going to use to to glorify God, to usher us into His presence. I mean, there's a tremendous amount of activity that takes place so that we can enjoy a typical Sunday morning worship service. And there's no way that one person, as you have seen today, as I have tried to do, there's no way that one person can do everything that needs to be done around here so that we can serve and ha- or have the, the worship service we need to have. Look what he's saying in, in Ephesians 2 and 10. It says, For we are his creation. 
That word creation just simply means we are his masterpiece. We are what he has created. We are what he has shaped. We are what he has molded, okay? It's almost if you can get the word picture of an artist that's sitting there and with the canvas and, and doing all the painting on the canvas and finally he is done and he puts his signs at the bottom right-hand corner, his name or his initial with a date on it and he gets it framed and matted and he puts it up in an art gallery so that everyone can gaze on this masterpiece. That's the idea that's behind the wording here of how God created you. He created you uniquely you. Now understand that. Every, you know that old song, everything is beautiful in its own way. Man, there's so much truth to that. You know, a lot of times we look around at other people and we say, well, man, they need to be like me or, or they need to be like that or they need to change that in their life. Guys, you realize, listen, you certainly do not want a bunch of me's floating around here at this church, right? I mean, this church can really only stand one of me, right? My wife says, amen. You know, yeah. We need to get out of this idea that we've got to conform everyone to our image and make them like me and point out the indifferences and the flaws. And the, Listen, God created you, you. You know the hardest lesson I had to learn as a minister of the gospel? I had to finally succumb to the idea or, or come to the place where God called John Cannon to be John Cannon, right? I mean, early in my ministry, I thought I had to be Adrian Rogers, right? I'm, I'm being truthful here. One of the reasons I thought I had to be because all my church members told me how great he was. Oh, did you should have heard Adrian. I mean, I just preached my heart out and they're walking out. Did you hear Adrian this week? Some people just have no timing whatsoever. <laughs> oh, I saw this this week. Did you hear? I'm thinking, okay, I'll, I'll try to be that. And I really spent the first five, six, seven years of my ministry trying to be Adrian Rogers. Guys, you know what? God created one Adrian Rogers, and he created him to be Adrian Rogers. And finally, I had to come to the place God created me to be me, Right? I mean, there was a place when I felt like I had to dress the way that everyone expected me to dress as a preacher. I mean, I was raised in the South, and I was raised in a culture. Matter of fact, it was taught, it was commanded to me as a preacher, if you're going to preach, you've got to put a suit and tie on, boy. You're God's man, you're God's preacher, don't go anywhere without a tie on. Listen, I know some preachers that mow their yard in a suit and tie. And I'm not kidding you. I know some preachers out there mowing, and man, they got their long sleeve white shirt on and a tie, mowing their yard. I mean, you got to understand the pressures sometimes that, that we're under. And finally, I realized, give me chapter and verse for some of this stuff. And I kind of grew into the place where I thought, you know what? I, I, I'm done trying to live my life to please everybody else. I want to see chapter and verse. I realize that God created me and he created me to be me. He created you to be you, be yourself and find how God has shaped you, how he's uniquely gifted you, the talents he's given you and use those talents, use those gifts, use the uniqueness of yourself to worship him and to serve him and to get in part of a local church and do ministry. Hello? That's good stuff right there. Hello? Somebody needs to say, that's good preaching. Listen, you have been created. Every one of us have been created to serve. We have been saved to serve. We have been gifted to serve. And we have been shaped to serve. By the way, and I'm not going to have time to look at all this, but I want to draw your attention to it. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This is the great spiritual gifts chapter in the Bible, and there are several others, but, but this is one of them. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and, and by the way, this is Super Bowl Sunday here at Victory Church. It's Jersey Day. <laughs> and some of those that told me you can't preach without a suit in a town would absolutely probably have a heart attack right now seeing me stand here. <laughs> but this is our Super Bowl, S-O-U-P, so I hope you brought your soup for the Old Fallon Food Pantry and the truck looked pretty good when I put my eyeball on it earlier to, today, so praise the Lord for that. Are you there in 1 Corinthians chapter 12? 
This is the great passage of Scripture that talks about the diversity, the uniqueness of our spiritual gifts. And then in verse 12 and following, it talks about the unity that we should have in that. But look in verse 4, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 4. It says, Now there are different gifts but the same Spirit. And there are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God activates each gift in each person. Verse 7, a demonstration of the Spirit is given to each person to produce what is beneficial. And then he's going to break down a kind of a a list, if you will, of some of these gifts and some of these uh, gifts that have been given. Verse 8, to one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit. For another, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith. By the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing. By the one Spirit. To another, the performing of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, different kinds of languages. To another, interpretation of languages. Verse 11, but one and the same Spirit is active in all of these, distributing to each person as he wills. I guess the point, and I'm not going to stay there and and unpack that completely. I just wanted to draw that to your attention so you would see how God has uniquely, we are his masterpiece that he has crafted with spiritual gifts. And it's all come from the same God, from the same spirit, so we can be used for his glory in the local church, serving one another, right? And serving the community. So I just want you to see that. I want you to turn in your Bibles over to 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 10. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 10. While you're getting to verse 10, I want to begin in verse 7. It says, Now the end of all things is near, and therefore be serious, be disciplined for prayer. Above all, man, I love verse 8, which is why I just want to read it while I'm waiting for you to get to verse 10. Verse 8 says, above all, maintain an intense love for each other since love covers a multitude of sin. You know what the Bible's telling me? That, man, we're to to increase in this love one for another. Instead of sitting back and picking out the flaws in each other, the Bible says if we would show more love to that individual, we could help cover this multitude of, of failures or sins or shortcomings in one's life. So I just want to throw, that didn't cost you anything. just want to throw, you, throw that out there to you. Be hospitable to one another in verse number 9 without complaining. Verse 10, here's what I want you to get. Look at verse 10. Based on the gift each one has received, okay? We all understand we've received a gift from God, at least one. I think numerous. I think there are a lot of gifts that are lying in dormant stage in our life that we just need to cultivate more and and we'll realize, man, I may be even gifted in this area if we would just do a little trial and error and do a little experiencing with it and, and work it a little bit. There may be more areas where you're gifted, but you at least have one gift. And the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 10, it says, based on the gift each one has received, Use it, look in your Bibles, use it so that it's profitable and you can make a lot of money with it. Is that, is that what your Bible says? That's not what my Bible says. Let's go back and re- look at it again. Verse 10. Based on the gift each one has received, use it for self-promotion. Use it for self-gain. No, the Bible says, (laughs) no, no, preacher, that's not right. The Bible says, use it, what? Everybody say it together. To serve others. You know what you're to use that gift for? You're to use that gift to serve one another. But a lot of times we look at our gifts and we look at our talents and we see how God has shaped us and we're trying to use those to jockey for a position. To, to promote self instead of just humbly serving one another. Now, let me ask you, is that a 21st century problem? It really isn't. Is that a maybe since the 1800s we've had this problem? No, 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 no. Do you realize it goes all the way back to the day of Jesus? Are, are you, everybody staying with me right here? I know this is a crazy Sunday, and I want you to stay with me. It goes all the way back to the day of Jesus. And you know what he had? He had some disciples 
that he was trying to teach this principle of ministry and serving one another that they still had a difficult time with. And matter of fact, he told them often, I will be the, I'll take the lead on this. I will lead by example. Watch what I do. Turn with me, if you will, in your Bibles back to Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 20. Now, I'm going somewhere with all this. It's all going to tie in here in a minute, and hopefully it all comes together, and, and we leave here saying, man, that's what I need to be doing is serving one another in the local church. Look in Matthew chapter 20, and I want you to look in verse number 28. Just this, just this one verse. I want you to see this. Matthew chapter 20 and verse number 28. It says, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life a ransom for many. Guys, do you realize that Jesus... And this is at the end of, of this lesson that he just taught, this response that he just gave to this mother that had wonderful intentions but was way off base. And I'm going to read that to you in just a moment. But he said, the Son of Man came to serve. Okay? Jesus gave us the example of how we are to do ministry and we're to do it by serving each other, not using our gifts and our talents for self-promotion or self-gain. Now, let's go back up, same chapter, Matthew chapter 20. I want you to look in verse number 20. Matthew chapter 20, verse 20. Now, as I read this, I can't help, help but chuckle a little bit. Man, if this isn't a mama, I don't know what is. And when, you're, when I read this, you're going to see it. I, I want you to look. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons. Now, who's Zebedee? That's James and John. Who's James and John? That's two of our Lord's disciples. Okay? So mama now is coming on the scene. Right? Jesus, you pick my boys. Come here. Let me talk to you a little bit. That's kind of what's going on. All right? I got good boys, Jesus. You know they're good boys. You picked them. I mean, every mama's going to say that, right? Right? Every mama's got the best boy. Every mama's got the best girl. And, and rightly so. Mamas, you should think that. But, but here I think this mother crossed the line. <laughs> to me, I'm thinking, whoo, that was a little brazen. That was a little in your face. That was a little, are you kidding me? Look what she says. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons approached him, Jesus. Now get this picture with her sons. Now you got to, these are grown men. Do you get the picture? These are grown men. And mama is still going to bat for them as grown men. Come on, boys. Let's go to Jesus. I got something to talk to him about. My boys are standing right behind me. She's standing here with Jesus. These are my boys. Can you get this picture? I don't know. If, I, if I'm an adult son, I'm saying, Mom, really? No, no, we're not, we're not doing this, Mom. Right? Do you get the picture? I just want you to see that. I, I think it's kind of funny. When I read it, I'm thinking, oh, I bet these boys were so embarrassed. And I'm like, man, I don't know, I don't know if I'd let my mama do that. I don't know, Mama, you're not doing that. Right? <laughs> Maybe I'm, I'll see the humor in it. I don't know. But anyhow. The mother of Zebedee's sons approached him with her sons. She knelt down to ask him for something. What do you want, he asked her. Look what she says. Promise, she said to him, that these two sons of mine may sit one on your right and the other on your left in your kingdom. Positions of authority. Jesus, promise me, my boys, you know they're good boys. I want you to make me a promise. When you get to your kingdom... I want one on the right hand of you, and I want one on... Now, that's probably, a well, that's probably wonderful intentions from this mother, right? I mean, who doesn't want their boys to be next to Jesus, right? I mean, that should be our... I don't know, that should be what drives us as parents to drive our kids closer to Jesus to where they fall in love with him, and he falls in love with them, and, and they kind of got this relationship. I mean, we all want that, but this is a bit presumptuous, would you say? Huh? Let one sit on the right and one sit on the left. Look in verse 22. And it's all about elevating oneself to a position of authority. And that's where I'm going with this ministry and serving thing. We've been gifted, 1 Peter 4.10, to do what? To jockey for position, to use our gifts for self-gain, for self-worth, for advancement, for positions of authority, to sit by the right hand and left hand of, of the preacher or to sit by the right hand and left hand of Jesus or, or to get this position. Or No, the Bible says we're to use those gifts for what? 
serving one another. That's what I want you to see here, okay? Look in verse 22. But Jesus answered, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm able to drink? Now I want you to listen to what they said. Yeah, we're able. Are you kidding me? Really? They had no clue. And when Jesus is talking about drinking the cup, he's talking about the suffering that he knows he's going to go through in the garden and then ultimately the cross and have to die for the sins of the world. That's the suffering that Jesus was talking about. These disciples, James, didn't have a clue what Jesus was talking about whenever they said, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, uh-huh, we, we can do that. As I read this, I thought, man, these guys are on an ego trip. Hello? nothing new you see this in churches all across america today using their gifts and their talents to jockey for positions so they can be by the right and by the left and they can be the ones in control and 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 yeah we can endure it all we can endure the suffering of jesus do you see it i just want i just want you to see that yeah we're able they said and he told them you will indeed drink my cup in other words hey you are going to have some heartache in this you, can t- you keep following me, there is going to be some suffering for you. That's kind of what he's saying. But to sit at my right and my left is not mine to give. Instead, it belongs to those for whom it has been prepared by my Father. And when the ten disciples heard this, they became indigenous with the two brothers. But Jesus called them over and said, You know that the rulers, get this, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles dominate them and the men of high position exercise power over them? It must not be like that among you. On the contrary, whoever wants to become great among you must be your what? Servant. And whoever wants to be the first among you must be your slave. And just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus is saying, listen, if you want to be great, be the least. If you want to elevate, he says the Gentiles, the unbelievers, they do this jockeying for position to get someone to lord over them and to dominate them and to get in this position of high authority. Jesus said, if you want high authority in your life, if you want this position of leadership in your life, become the least of these and learn how to serve one another. Woo, that's good stuff. Hello? If you want to be great, become the least. If you want to discover your life, learn how to lose it. If you want to be first, choose to be last. That's the teachings of Jesus. You'd think the disciples would have learned there, right? Well, unfortunately, they didn't. I want you to look over, if you will, to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter number 9. We're going with this same theme. I hope you're getting the idea of it. And by the way, I'm glad we didn't have worship music and singing and all that kind of stuff today because I'm pretty long with this message. And, but I hope you can see it. We've experienced it when no one serves. And now we're getting the teaching from Scripture. And I'm sorry I've got slides built, but my remote control's not working and I'm not going to be able to run back there and change it. And my computer team's not working today. You understand? So we've got to endure with that. Luke chapter 9, verse 46. Get this. This is with the disciples. Look what it says. Then an argument started among them about who would be the greatest of them. <laughs> the disciples are now together, and they're arguing about who you think is going to be the greatest. I think I'm going to be the greatest. Well, why are you going to be the greatest? Well, look what I gave up. Well, look what I've done. Or Jesus calls on me. Look how many times he asked me to pray. He told us to do this. Told us, I'm going to be the greatest. No, I'm going to be the greatest. Why are you going to be the greatest? And then this argument breaks out among them. Jesus said, boys, what are you talking about? Oh, nothing. But Jesus says, now I kind of visualize that, but Jesus knew their thoughts, right? He knew their thoughts of what was going to be taking place. An argument started among them about who would be the greatest of them. Are you kidding me, really? Right? Jesus already told us how to be the greatest. How do we be the greatest? We become the least. We take the lowest job of a slave and we serve. But Jesus, knowing the thoughts of their hearts, took a little child And had him stand next to him. And he told them, whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes him who sent me. For whoever, get this, is least among you, this one is great. Guys, do you realize? (laughs) I love it. Do you realize? Do you realize these, these disciples 
had a problem that is even in our churches today. It's in Christianity today, and it's about self-promotion. They were arguing who would be the greatest. And Jesus said, to be the greatest, you must become the least. And you must learn to serve one another. Do you think the disciples now have learned the lesson? I mean, here we have Zebedee's mother, or, or the sons of Zebedee, James and John, his mother, their mother, going to Jesus, saying, hey, Jesus, when you get to your kingdom, remember my two boys, they're good boys. You know they're good boys, right? Let them sit beside you. Then he, he, he rebukes her somewhat. Now the disciples are arguing, who's the greatest? Are you kidding me, really, guys? You, you still haven't learned this lesson? Do you think they've learned now? I don't think they have, because there's one more place I would like to, you to go with me on this journey and I'm going to conclude with this last thought. I want you to look, if you will, in John's Gospel, chapter number 13. Look, if you will, in John chapter 13. This is when we get to the upper room experience. This is when the disciples are gathering together in the upper room for the Lord's Supper. And sitting at the door way of the upper room is the lowest position, the lowest job of all the slaves and all the servants and it's to wash feet. Now it was the culture in that day that you did not enter into a room and you did not enter into a place to have a meal without washing your feet. But remember when Jesus said, to be the greatest, you must what? Become the least. The least of all jobs for a slave and a servant in this day was being the doorkeeper to wash the feet of those individuals that came in. But these guys, they're not about that, are they? James and John have already gone with Mama up to Jesus about, hey, my boy's the greatest. They've already got a dispute among themselves, arguing who is the greatest. And Jesus said, if you want to be the greatest, you must become the least. You must learn to serve. But they're still jockeying for position. As a matter of fact, what they're jockeying for here is not to come in and serve, but it's who's going to get the best seat at the table. Because they know Jesus has the center seat. But the disciples now, in their vanity, in their self-righteousness, in their humanity, they're wanting to jockey for position around the table instead of taking the low job of washing each other's feet. They were more concerned about getting to the table and sitting next to Jesus. God's... This is so true even in our day. Instead of just saying, you know what, what is the, I'll take the lowest job. Just give me something. I'll clean the toilets of the church. It doesn't matter. I just want to serve. Whatever that means, whatever that looks like, I just want to serve. I don't have to have the high elevated jobs. I don't have to lead a particular ministry. I just want to take the lowest position and serve. Guys, that's what ministry is. And Jesus said, if you learn to take the lowest position and just be a slave and serve, then somehow he takes that and rises you to greatness. If you want to gain your life, you must lose it. If you want to be the greatest, you must be the least. If you want to be first, you must be last. These guys still didn't get it. Then enters Jesus. How do you think Jesus felt? I mean, he's already talked to the guys. He came upon them when they were in this argument about who's going to be the greatest and he realizes they're jockeying for position. He enters into the Lord's, that upper room for the Lord's Supper. And he notices that his disciples, because their feet were dusty, had not washed each other's feet. They haven't even prepared themselves for the meal. 
Why? They're more concerned about jockeying for a position and elevating themselves to a place of authority that Jesus would say, here's my number one and two guy right here. And finally, Jesus, not with, you know, I envision this not really being a heart or a mind of disgust. You know, I don't know if I was, I'd, I'd probably be ticked right now. Guys, really? And just have this disgusted mindset about him? But I think Jesus would go back and he would mirror the image of what took place in John eleven thirty five 35 when he looked over Jerusalem and it says that Jesus wept. I believe when Jesus entered the room and he noticed that the feet of his disciples had not been cleaned, that his heart was broken. And the scripture teaches us that he got up when he noticed their feet were not washed and he went over and he girded himself, he picked up a towel and he went and washed the feet of the disciples. Now if you remember this story in scripture, the disciples struggled with this. And if you remember the story in Scripture, especially Peter, you remember he really struggled. He, no, no, Lord, you can't wash my feet. The Lord said, if I don't wash your feet, you're none of mine. And then Peter says, well, not just my feet, but get, get me all over. Get my head, my body, wash me all over. He said, no, 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 it's just your feet are dirty. I just need to wash your feet, which is a picture of us rededicating, recommitting that daily confession of sin in our life. Not being born again. You're only born again once. But then you can have sin in your life to where you backslide slid, on God and, and you need to have that daily confession of sin. I think that's a picture of what feet washing is. As well as a picture of taking the least job and being a servant and learning to serve one another. So Jesus then picked up the basin and went around and started washing the disciples' feet. Would you agree with me that Jesus, Jesus certainly is the greatest, but here he has taken on the lowest form of a servant to serve his brothers. Guys, in this pathway to victory, that's the heart and that's the mindset that we all must have. We must have this mindset of serving one another. I'm not serving for self-gain or for promotion. I'm not serving to be recognized. I just want to serve. Guys, we have men and women like that here at Victory Church that just want to serve. And they're willing to just do the lowest jobs, whatever. And man, I am so grateful for that. I am so thankful. I don't want to embarrass anyone but there's one individual that I want to call out today. And this guy serves in a way that never draws attention to himself, never wants a reward, never wants a pat on the back, may even get a little bit upset that I'm even going to mention his name this morning. But he's going to have to get, if, if he loves God, he's got to love me. And if God's forgiven him, he's got to forgive me. So I'm going to ask for forgiveness right now instead of permission. Guys, you realize that every single day you come in here and we get our coffee and we drop our coffee cups and although it has labels on the trash can, please do not drop your cups in here with liquid. We'll put a half cup full of coffee in there and drop it in there. And Do you realize every single Sunday before most of us scurry out to our cars to get home, do you realize there's one guy that stays here until every trash can is emptied and every trash bag is carried out and put into the dumpster a day. Just give me my hand. Now, there's many people that serve like that here. But that has always impressed me. He'll go through the crowd and he'll mingle and he'll visit and he'll talk. And then he starts saying, excuse me, excuse me. And he gets and he makes his way and then I'll watch him and he'll gather up all the trash and there he'll go. That to me is almost typifies the lowest job of serving. Just washing feet.
Jesus said, you want to be great, become the least. I've had people and families and men walk into this ministry, into this church, and almost because of their successful career, they almost walked in with a sense of entitlement. Preacher, do you understand what my job is outside of here? Do you know who I am? And sometimes if they're military, they come in, do you understand what my rank is? And it's almost like they bring all that into the church and say, because of my career, because of what I do, because of how much money I make, because of how successful I am, I can't, I can, I can't take the trash out. I can't vacuum the floors. I need a title. Guys, We've lost some families at Victory Church because I just refuse to give a guy like that a title. Would they have brought a lot of money in? Sure, with the tithe and paycheck and what they're doing. But I'm thinking, you know what? I want a church full of doorkeepers that aren't ashamed to get down and wash one another's feet and do the lowest jobs. And if we'll just commit to doing the lowest jobs in due season... In Galatians, we shall reap if we faint not, and God will elevate you and us and our ministry to greatness. But it's got to start when we have a heart that's willing to serve. So with that being said, and if I could run my last slide, I would have one question up there for you. Are you willing to serve? Are you willing to do the lowest job? Are you willing just to say, hey, I want to take this next step in this pathway to victory. Yes, I want to worship God. Yes, I want to connect one with another. I want to grow. And last week I talked about discipleship and how God will take you to the garden. He'll take you to the desert. He'll take you to the cross. That's part of discipleship. He'll take us to those three places and he'll grow us in our faith. But then we also got to get a place, you know what? I just want to serve. And I want to serve each other. And I'm willing to take whatever job there is. I just, I just look around and, and be willing to do it. And if it's picking up trash or cleaning snow off the parking lot or taking care of the, the plants outside or, or whatever, just get in there and do it. You've seen what happens when we have a typical Sunday morning when no one serves. It's really not that good. It really isn't. It's awkward. Nothing really takes place really good other than the preaching of the Word. I mean, the Word of God's always good. Not me. The Word of God is always good, right? And that's always good. But I'm talking about the other things that we just kind of take for granted. Guys, I just want you to know it takes all of us working together. No big eyes, no little U's, no, no ministry more important than any other ministry. They're all important. All of us coming together. I want to encourage you to find your place to serve. Get in here together. Let's work together in the body of Christ so that we can impact this community, so we can win our, our friends, our family members, our co-workers to Christ, so we can grow in our own faith, so we can grow our church, so we can grow each other, and we can serve each other. And it all starts with that, just being willing to take the lowest job. So let's pray. And this is going to be our invitation. We don't have an invitation song because I don't have a band. I don't have a praise team. I don't have anybody doing any singing. But just pray right now. Just kind of bow your head and close your eyes and, and just do some business with God right now. And let me walk you through this prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. Help us, God, to learn this lesson. That you have gifted us and created us to be us, uniquely us. You have shaped me to be me. You have shaped everyone under the sound of my voice to be them. Help us to see that. Quit trying to be someone we're not. Just be ourself. Be completely surrendered, committed to you. Asking Jesus Christ to come into our life, to be our Lord, be our Savior. That we not only submit to you being our Savior, but we submit to your Lordship of our life, to we surrender every area of our life to you, that we live to please you, we sing to an audience of one, we serve to an audience of one. God, it's all about serving you. And your word says, for us to be great in doing that, 
we must be the least and we must serve one another. God, help us, I pray. Instead of struggling with what these disciples struggled with about who was going to be the greatest and possibly have mom represent us, these are good boys, Jesus. And what good intentions she had. She just didn't get the message. To be first, we must be last. To be the greatest, we must be the least. To find our life, we must lose our life. Help us, God. Help us to come in here and to serve one another. To love one another. To use our gifts and our talents in a way that would bring honor and glory to you. We pray for that one right now that just needs to ask you into their heart and into their life. We pray right now that they'd receive you as their Lord and Savior. And may they pray a simple prayer like this. Just say, Dear God, I realize that I'm a sinner. Jesus, I realize that you're God's son, that you lived a perfect life, that you died on the cross, you were buried, you rose again, you ascended to the Father. You're the sinless son of God that died for the sins of the world. I believe that. Today I want to enter into a relationship with you. I want to give you my life. Will you be my Savior and be my Lord? I repent of my sins and I trust you as my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. And if you prayed that prayer, I want you to know that right now God has saved your soul. It's that easy. It's just submitting your heart to Christ. But maybe there's many in here that's already done that. But we still just haven't found our niche. We haven't found our place to serve. Help us to be very intentional about that over the next coming days, weeks, months. Help us, Lord, to find our place of ministry and service. Maybe we need to pray something like this. Say, dear God, I, I pray you'd forgive me. Either one, for not getting involved in ministry, or two, being involved in ministry and really trying to use my gifts and my talents as a way to promote myself and not just simply being a lowly servant God forgive me help me God just to serve help me to be the lowest help life not to be about me help me be okay if I don't get my way just let me have a heart of service to serve one another in Jesus name we pray Amen. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, Fallon, Illinois. 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.